Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the big interview, Bite Size. Brought to you by Bet365. I'm Graham Hunter, and in each episode, you'll hear an elite footballer tell a story that's guaranteed to brighten your day. All of them come from my podcast, The Big Interview with Graham Hunter, which you can find by searching on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's story comes from Brian Loudrup. The Mighty Dane reveals the details of a surprising and rather patronising phone call from Stefan Effenberg the night before Denmark and Germany and Effenberg and Loudrup faced off in the final of Euro 92. Played well. I, I played with, uh, as you as you mentioned, Reuter, Effenberg, and Cola, and they were top class footballers, no doubt about that. Really, uh, really top class. I have to say, Jurgen Cola is one of the best man markers uh, I've ever seen. You know, his his games against the the likes of Van Basten, you know, the years before that, they were like you know games of the game. You know, it was it was incredible to watch. Back then, you played with man markers, not comparing today where you play in a different way. But but he was he was an he was a specialist in neutralizing you know uh, good attacking players. And I played against him in training sessions. You know, it, oh that was tough. I mean, Maldini was tough at Milan, but Jurgen Kohl at Bayern Munich that was that was really uh, difficult because he he knew all the tricks. Uh, to be honest. And uh, but again, you're Stefan Reuter, one of the quickest fullbacks you ever find. And they had and Effenberg, he was beginning to uh, you know uh, create a name of himself as well. And, and speaking about Effenberg, you know, he, he phoned me on the night before the game on the of the final, and he was like, "Oh, fantastic, Brian, you're in the final! Like, you know, it's it's a huge surprise that you're in the final, not that we're in the final, but." But it, it will be great to play against you. We were quite good friends of Bayern. And he says, uh, we're going to swap shirts after the game. Yeah, no doubt about that. Say, so if you want a winner's medal, your winner's uh, shirt, <laughs> you get it. And uh, and then what happened after the game, all of a sudden he was he was gone. And I never got to see him before, you know, before after the summer when we joined up at Fiorentina. But um, did it but feel again, like in the phone call before? Did it feel like he was slightly patting you on the head again, making yeah, he was, he was. And, and exactly. Oh, and that's made. again, you know, the thing you shouldn't do to a Dane, you know. And and I think we went out in, in, into that game. I mean, if we were struggling early on in, in that competition, we were really struggling to find eleven fit players. 
because we had so many, you know, I had a dead leg. We had players with hips, hip problems, uh, you know, calf problems. I think John Sewerbeck was playing actually with, with a, an injured calf. So um, they were really, we were really struggling. Uh, we only had, I think, three days between the semifinal and the final. So, so it was all about getting these players treated, no training sessions whatsoever, just getting these players, you know, fit to play 90 minutes. And um, and we have to say if, I mean, we, we, we had a feeling, and I have to be honest with you, we said before the game, we have a chance, but we, we, we need to be very cautious because, uh, you know, we've got so many small and niggling injuries that if, if we lose those players, then that will be it. So uh, if we can keep it nil-nil as, as long as possible, you never know what, what's going to happen. So uh, that's, that's the, the mentality we went into that game. And there's something about John Jensen hitting the, the, the goal, which didn't happen that often. And uh, he, 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 you know, the, at the warm-up before the game, he was actually exercising that shot. And he was not hitting the goal once in 10 shots. And then he got, you know, the, the ball, I think it was, it was around 20 minutes, 25 minutes into the first half. I think so, something around that. And he just punched it beautifully with his right foot and it went straight into the top corner. And what a goal that was. And that goal, if, if, if ever a goal can give you energy, that, that was the one. Because all of a sudden, all the the tired legs, the uh, perhaps the the mental stress of, of of it all, you know, so many things happening around you for for such a short space of time, all that just disappeared, and that gave us the feeling that if we and with Peter Smiken, as I say, doing his heroics, if if we can keep them out, then we could lift the trophy. But I think I know you were you were detailing something that happened historically when pre-final John isn't hitting the target in the practice shots. But I think you spoke euphemistically about it because he wasn't really a scorer. Um, no, the goals, getting near <laughs> the goals. You you were being gentle in it. Getting near the goals kind of game often gave him vertigo. But he seems to have been, if not Schmeichel-esque character, quite a character nonetheless. I, I'm not sure what facts that actually means, but he's. He's widely known as Faxa Jensen. Yes. I, I think he knew what nightlife was about. I think he was quite an exuberant, confident man. Yeah. And if I'm not wrong, he kind of told everybody, what's the big fuss about the goal? This yeah, is yeah. what I do. <laughs> this is what I do. Well, he, I mean, he would hit goals like that perhaps once, twice a season. I mean, we're talking about that. He could do it. I mean, he had a, a, a good shot. I know that Arsenal fans are still waiting for it. But uh, <laughs> having said that, I think he was he was quite an underrated footballer. I think he uh, he was uh, um, you know he has I mean strong legs. He was running a lot, uh, good technique actually. He was good on the ball. Um, he would put himself in front of the team. You know he was a real team player. Uh, uh, actually, his name Fats is is um, is a beer brand here in, in Denmark, one of the smaller mm. ones. So that's why I'm not. Um, so that's why he was always called Fats, but. But he was—he was a great lad. He was uh, great fun. He was one of these guys that always, you know, would 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 say something that would make you laugh. You know, he was—he was a guy that you gathered around, and um, so for him to get that goal and eventually 
went on to to go to Arsenal after that. You know, he had a, a very good career. Um, but it was very unexpected to actually see um, facts of getting that goal. But having said that, you know, it was it was a, it was a strange year ninety two because uh, none of the uh, attacking players they get on the score sheet, which is quite quite unique, really. Paul's and I, we used to say that we did so much in terms of running that we created space for them. But but having said that, you know, it was great to have players like that. Even Kim Vilfort, you know, that was one of the other stories uh, who had to leave uh, the camp at some point to go back to his uh, very ill daughter. Um, he came back for, for the final because his daughter told him to play the final, um, which he, he was not, you know, sure of. And he came back and, and got the... Um, yeah, the, the 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 winning goal as well. So we had a number of good individual players from from midfield that could actually get the goals, and that made the difference. Thank you for listening to the big interview, bite size, brought to you by Bet Three Six Five. All of these stories come from my podcast series, The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. There are interviews with over a hundred elite footballers on our archive. Search for the show on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 